0: Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of Finsecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at FINN, and I am joined by the wonderful Tara Rummer, the Director of Community and Events at ImiBot. Tara, how are you?
1: I am doing well. How are you doing, Connor?
0: If I were any better, I'd be a twin. New year, new me. Let's just get all the platitudes out of the way so we can...
1: <laughs> <laughs> new year, same me. I'm not changing this year. I decided.
0: <laughs> I... uh one of the worst parts about the new year is that every gym is incredibly crowded. While it's great to see everyone's trying to improve their lives, I'm just like, come on. I just want to, I don't want to spend an hour working out with 30 minutes of it just waiting for something to open up. I just want to get there and get out. So,
1: exactly. My husband and I are actually avoiding the gym this week and next week. So, I've got like my little at home treadmill and my weights <laughs> just because I'm like, I'll just wait for it to die off a little bit.
0: That's smart. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to get my own gym at some point, but we'll see.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you, I have one of these little walking treadmills that you put under your desk. And if you have a standing desk, I mean, I walked four miles the other day while doing emails and then meetings.
0: <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea at all. because I work from home every day, so no work workouts involved. Day. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking about imposter syndrome, um, what it is, what to do with it why it exists. I don't know. We can get a little philosophical if we, if we need to, but in your mind, what is imposter syndrome?
1: So I would say that it's having, you know, the background in an in industry and having basically the knowledge, but still thinking someone's going to find out that you're like a fraud or that you don't really know what you're doing or something of that nature. So, and it's something I struggle with constantly, even though I've been in an MSP for 11 years, <laughs> like, it's been ridiculous.
0: What, um, for those of For those that are listening or watching that don't know you, what is a little bit of your background in the MSP arena?
1: Yeah. So I worked for Immense Networks, which spun off Immibot. So I had been with Immense for 11 years as of last month. And I was hired on basically as like an admin assistant to Brett and Barron. And then they realized I was capable of a whole bunch more. And I ended up becoming over the years, our VP of operations. So I took it from kind of the wild west to a pretty high operational maturity level MSP with our processes in place, you know, um, we're able to triple our revenue by doing that, increase our efficiency, client satisfaction, staff stayed on, like a lot of MSPs have, what is it? You're going to turn over your whole staff roughly in every three to four years is the average. So you lose like 25 to 30% of people a year. And our average right now for employees is eight years. So we really don't lose people. We try to, you know, do everything we can to, to do it right. And over that time, I've gained just kind of a ton of knowledge and I still suffer with this going, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Figuring it out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's something that a lot of, I've seen a lot of people talk about. There's a ton of books written about it. There's a lot of help and how to guides. I mean, I don't know about you, but reading those books has never helped me feel less imposter syndrome. It's always like the thing that I tell people who, uh, or dealing with it. It's like, uh, yeah, it never goes away. You just get better at dealing with it. It like, it never decreases. It,
1: it, exactly. And I think it, I've never read any of the books. so I'm going to be honest, but I think it's also being so young when I got in this in at this industry, right. It was, and then I was thrust into a leadership role where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm 26, 27 years old. Kind of like you, I'm sure. And it's like, some of these people are older than me. Like yeah. maybe they know more. They've been in this longer. Um, and I'm not technical. So I say that. Uh, but coming in, I have a background in art history. I have an art history degree. So I'm sitting here going, my background is completely different than all these people. And you're expecting me to tell them what to do and how to like lead them to, you know, come follow me and, and do what we need. It's, it's nuts.
0: <laughs> when do you find yourself most often feeling like an imposter? Is there like a specific scenario when someone asks you to do something specific? What is it? You.
1: I think it's when I'm put on the spot with things. So one thing that's huge for me is I am not big on answering questions immediately. (laughs) It's just (laughs) funny being on here. I like to think things out and I like to write things down. So when somebody does that, I'm like, Oh my God, if I don't answer right or correctly right now, they're going to think, you know, less of me or think I don't know what I'm doing. So that's, that's when it really does sneak up. And I, I, it's not that I have to have the right answer. It's that I need the time to think about it before giving what is blatantly wrong. <laughs>
0: <It's> like, <laughs> Everyone always needs to do a quick little Google search. It's like, Am I? Do I actually know what I'm talking about? And then <laughs> then give your answer. That's what I do. Yes. I'm like, hold up. And I'll just, I'll Google right in front of somebody. It's like, I, I just need to make sure of this one little thing before I give you the exact wrong answer real quick.
1: I always say, let me confirm one thing before I respond to this. Like that's a, that's a huge thing I do. Actually.
0: Yeah. How, how do you, how do you deal with that personally? Uh, this imposter syndrome sneaking up. And I would say the worst thing that you could let imposter syndrome do is degrade your ability to like do cool things, to try and do bigger and better things, not only in your own company, but in your own life, whether that's your personal life with your relationships, whatever. And I see a lot of people who feel this imposter syndrome. They at least talk about, well, yeah, I didn't go take these risks and I didn't go do all these other things because I didn't feel like I had the ability to do it. It's like, Ooh, that's imposter syndrome right there. So
1: hundred percent. Um, I think a lot of getting past it and I still struggle with it. Let's be honest. we most of us do. I think, A lot of it was I got in a peer group and I got to know people in our industry because yeah, it's great to have my friends that work in like my best friend is um, she's a COO of a jewelry company. That's fine. It's still a very different industry than what we work in. So having my industry peers go, no, no, like you're on the right track. We all feel this. Um, And just keeping those conversations open because I know when I'm starting to feel it and I don't know about you, but I feel burnout immediately or I panic like I'm a big I'm big on panic attacks apparently (laughs) that used to be one of my favorite things um but just having that person that I can text or just talk to and, and get myself out of that situation I actually wear a bracelet usually that says your anxiety is lying to you it says it on the inside towards myself it's just like a okay let's let's regroup here let's think of the good things you've done like this one thing you might not know but Let's not discount everything else because that's what tends to happen, right? You stop start forgetting everything you've already done and like all the work you've put in. And people are like, oh, I lucked out into getting here. I've I've definitely said, I'm just doing what I can, like downplaying what you do, right? So I think having, you know, industry peers, and I'm huge, I've said this before, you've probably heard it in just our conversations. I'm huge on metrics and tracking success. So that that helps me keep into you know, helps me stay confident in the things I'm doing, I guess, is knowing that it's trackable.
0: That makes sense. Uh, If you're tracking something, it feels like uh, I always, I liked playing with Legos when I was growing up. It always felt like the most satisfying thing was being able to flip a page on that Lego book. It's like, all right, I have 14 more steps and then I'm done. It's like, I would count this. I wouldn't look at the thing and say, how close am I to getting done? It's like, I have exactly 14 steps and then I'm done. And you could, kind of measure your own progress and your own success in that way. And it's uh, the way I like to phrase it is it's, it's um, objective. It's not you feeling some way about your success. It's data that you're measuring, saying something about it. You got to be careful about misinterpreting things, but above and beyond that, it's like pretty much just <laughs> raw data.
1: It, that's exactly what it is. And then, you know, another thing is when I'm feeling it, I, I tend to be very risk adverse and I can tell because I'm in my imposter syndrome going, well, I probably shouldn't do that. Or I don't have the background to do that. And uh, like, I can credit Brett and Darren with this, the two owners of both of the companies, they are super into risk. They, I mean, they like run towards it. I feel like most people who start their own businesses. That's just who they are. And so they constantly push me into like unfamiliar territory, like working for the MSP We talked about me potentially taking like a CEO role in it. And I was like, Yeah, I could totally do that. I can run this thing in my sleep. Like, I know all of these things. And Darren's like, I think you would be bored in probably forty five minutes. And I was like, Yeah, probably. And so that's why we started transitioning me towards Emmy and doing these things that I'm very much not comfortable with. You know, I love going to events. I like getting to talk to people like you and and, you know, partners and potential partners and whoever. I mean. I am aggressively friendly. I know everybody loves that I say that, but
0: That's a perfect a I thought
1: it would talk back to me. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. If uh, I see you talking to a chair, I'm going to start worrying. It's like, oh, wait a second. is <laughs> <laughs> going crazy again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I talk to myself all day long. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pushing me out of my comfort zone, I think. And, and one of my things I went to them with was like, you know, I've never done these things before that you're asking me to do. it it concerned me. And they're like, we've always given you the runway to do what you needed. Right. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, we're not going to change that now. So I think a lot of that comes from them and just kind of pushing me a little bit further than I'm comfortable (laughs) because that's where growth
0: happens. (laughs) That is. And I think a lot of people, they grow up and they, I'm I'm air quoting for those of you who are just listening. I air quote in seven times a podcast episode, so (laughs) forgive me. Um, a lot of people grow up thinking that that uncomfortability is the result of, uh, like, I made some mistake. I shouldn't be feeling like this. And I guess uh, you, you brought up people who start businesses and risk aversion and whatnot is people who start businesses tend to view that uncomfortability as a, as the opportunity. It's like there's something messed up in our, in our brains, in the circuitry that's like, yeah, this uncomfortability. Oh, that's progress. It's very unintuitive. And talking about Googling something before I make a statement, I Googled. How many uh how many basically how many gamblers, people who go to Las Vegas or gamble online, actually make money? And the answer is five percent of online gamblers make a profit, and slightly more uh in-person gamblers make a profit. And business owners, businesses fail far more often than five percent, like way more than oh 95% of businesses just end up going under. So it's it's absolutely true. It's like, oh, risk? It's like, what's that? I've never heard of it. It's like there is just this lack of perception of risk in a lot of ways uh that is super uncomfortable to everyone including ourselves sometimes
1: yeah but having that person that like you've met darren i don't know that risk has ever made that uncomfortable
0: (laughs) he won't even play the board game
1: uh i would say when he jumped out of an airplane i think he was uncomfortable with that risk (laughs) because he basically kissed the ground afterwards i'm pretty sure but (laughs) yeah so it's i mean we're i'm I'm getting through it basically after 11 years, you know, I finally have really a name for what was, I don't want to say wrong with me, but what I was having
0: issues with. Did it shock you when you started talking about it? How many other people feel the exact same way?
1: So it did, because I don't know if you still feel this way, but I mean, I'm in my mid thirties and for some reason, when I was a kid, adults seemed like they had everything together. And the, the older I get, I'm like, nobody has anything together. Everybody's just figuring it out, and then you know, talking to some friends in the industry, they're going through very similar things and joining like the peer groups that I've joined, we all are fighting the same battles, and it, there's really no reason to be and and we're all questioning ourselves too, right? So having that just that group who's like, oh no, i've I've dealt with that. Like I have that same issue. um and I think for a lot of people, at least in like my position, I've noticed in operations a majority of those people in operations and people operations they're not technical so a lot of that once again is that just the reminder that yeah they're all dealing with this i mean people that you wouldn't think are i I'm not going to name names but i had a conversation with someone who's been in this industry a very long time um like 2 months ago and i was i was deep in it. <laughs> and they were like you know that self doubt comes in and it it still comes in for me pretty regularly but you have to get past it and you have to remember that it's not it's not you it's something that's kind of chemically off in your brain i guess um and that you are doing all these great things um and that you're going to land on your feet pretty much no matter what if you have the drive you have the ambition and so yeah it's good
0: no that's true um i always it's like this delicate balance between imposter syndrome and just absolute egotistical maniacal behavior. It's like, if you didn't have that little voice that is it's like, hold on, do you really know what you're doing? It's like, w- how big would my head get? Would I fit through any doors anymore? Um, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It's, it's
1: you, you have to understand humility versus imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. You can be humble without, you know, having this inner turmoil, I guess with yourself, <laughs> of yeah. not knowing what you're doing.
0: The, the subtle difference between the two i've phrased to my friends uh, and colleagues like this is if you let fear make your decisions versus using fear to make your decisions it's like fear is a tool like built into your brain because i don't know like panthers would kill you in your sleep before we had organized society i don't know i'm just looking for a random example here and it's like but if you let fear now make your decisions you'll make more wrong decisions but if you use fear in your decision making process to try to understand why do i feel this way or there are there risks that I'm unaware of that I'm not verbalizing to the people that are helping me. It's like, it can be incredibly valuable, but that slight difference is the difference between humility and imposter syndrome.
1: I love that. I've never thought about it that way, but I,
0: I do like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you combine imposter syndrome with a healthy dose of introspection, you know, it has a tendency to depression, but once you get past that, it's like it's smooth sailing, right?
1: <laughs> we
0: don't need depression. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Let's keep it away from there.
0: What um, You mentioned having a group of peers that can help you f- who have been there, uh, yeah. I don't want to say been there, done that, as as you had said. What are some other ways that you find find this imposter syndrome being alleviated or how do you deal with it in your daily life?
1: So I I think in daily life, it's really pushing myself because I like to live in my little bubble. And it's got to get out of that little bubble every so often and, and do what you don't like or what feels awkward. I used to hate feeling awkward. (laughs) Like that was the worst for me. And now I throw myself into every awkward situation. I probably can (laughs) conversations. Um, and I think it's something you consistently, it's probably always in the back of my head, but I don't want to say I ignore it, but you have to kind of ignore it. You have to address it and say, Hey, this isn't real. And then kind of move on. Right. So yeah.
0: Yeah. For folks that are listening that, uh, if you're dealing with it, I always go back to two things that I try to remember is one, try to remember anything embarrassing about somebody else in your life. And it's incredibly hard. It's like, there's this internal perception that, oh my, everyone's going to see my mistakes and they're going to judge me for it. And I should be embarrassed. It's like, wait a second. People care so much more about themselves that they they don't even remember anything you've done. You remember it all, right? It keeps you up at night, but nobody else remembers that. Um, and the second thing is along the lines of what you said earlier is like, yeah, these people don't know everything. They aren't at the finish line that I think they're at is they're all just like me. They don't have their shit together. A hundred percent. I don't either. Okay. It's like, this is normal. It's like you, you begin to normalize it. So
1: it's normal. And Darren always says to be like a duck, um, because I would say something to him and, you know, we've worked together for so long that we would kind of butt heads and, I would go. The next day, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that thing I said yesterday." He's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I'm like, he just would not remember. He's like, "You have to understand, things just roll off of me." Like they were eating at me and not at him. So I completely agree with everything you just said. Like
0: ridiculous. for for folks who wanted to connect with you online or learn yeah. more about EmiBot, what would you suggest they go? Uh, where would you suggest they go or do?
1: Definitely on LinkedIn. I'm on there pretty regularly. And actually one of my goals for the new year is to be on there a little more because I'm super inconsistent with my posting. <laughs> uh, so Tara, Rummer, Ashley on LinkedIn. I'm on the Emmy bot stuff um, or T Rummer at Emmy Pretty simple.
0: Awesome. For folks listening yeah. or watching, we'll have links to all that in the show notes. So you could connect with Tara uh, and uh, reach out if you want to connect. Uh, Tara, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast today. It was a blast chatting. Hope to see you soon. I will see you soon. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at P-H-I-N-S-E-C or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.